It's a top selector. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I know you're gonna dig this. The Fist hits the bag. One, two, and comes back. Single fist here. You hear that beat? Think outside the box and be your exit on top of them cocking and sending back to the corner for oxygen. Golden gloves, I know myself. I know the game. It's not a game. I know the ring. I want the belt. Finding the rhythm to hit him, split him, and touch him, and tip him. Hit that six pack with that good jab. Hop up at the bro, making him fall down. Break them all down. Switch stand, tippy toe, in the hands. Give him some more. Now, Muhammad Ali, anomaly, a maid. Whether Pacquiao, prodigy, and Mr. Fist, this is as too hot to rock. Think out the box. You know, I got the rock. Speed back. That would be a little technical knockout and he is still undefeated and still the interim WBC super middleweight world champion the Mexican monster David El Monstro Benavides and it is that time ladies and gentlemen it is that time this is Maestro and I am back for another one, a uh, lot to talk about today. As you can see here, what I really want to talk about is the fight that I would like to see next. I'm talking about El Monstro, David Benavides, taking on who I think should be the next man up. And I'm talking about David Morel Jr. Now, listen, if you've Watch this channel long enough. If you listen to me talk about boxing in the past two years, the name David Morel Jr. has come up. Uh, I think he's the perfect opponent right now for David Benavides. I think that David Benavides has established himself clearly as, if not the best, the second best uh, man at 168 pounds. A lot of people are talking about him being the best that's yet to be determined because, in my opinion, humble opinion, the best man at 168 until he's beaten at 168 is none other than Saul Canelo Alvarez, the undisputed champion at 168 pounds. However, El Monstro has made a big case for himself. He did something that I did not see happening this past Saturday night, Thanksgiving weekend. Saturday night, he knocked out, technically knocked out, Demetrius Bubu Andrade, first loss of Andrade's career, first knockout TKO loss 
of Andrade's career. And uh, there you have it. Uh, he outboxed him. He outskilled him. I think he outthought him. It wasn't just a matter of beating him with his size and with his strength. Uh, it was a lot more than that. It was a lot more dynamic than that. Uh, his defense was on point. His combination punching was on point. His speed, his accuracy, his timing, it was all on point. His defense, his footwork, it was all on point. You got to give the man his credit. So I've already got a first question here on Traceable Dawn. He's asking me, you're telling me Canelo would beat Benavides? I don't know. It's like a 50-50 fight right now. You asked me that question last year, the year before Untraceable, I would have said without a without a doubt, without question, that Canelo would beat Benavides. Uh, but Benavides is coming into his own. Benavides is now becoming a serious, serious threat. Uh, and we're going to get into that. If you don't know, now you know this is Punchlines. We're going to be talking about this and a whole lot more. Hit the like button, new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. Consider joining a membership because I make these videos members only after I go live. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. And here we go. So uh, I'm going to make an argument right now. Uh, for why I want to see this fight next. And no, for the record, I'm not saying that I'd rather see David Morrell Jr. instead of seeing Canelo Alvarez take on David Benavides. That's not what I'm saying. But one of my favorite channels to listen to, to watch, is ProBox TV. I watched the video of theirs this morning. And they're talking about another fight happening before Canelo. And believe it or not, I like David Benavides more than I like this fight. So we're going to have a quick look at this. We're going to have a quick listen to this. And I want your guys' thoughts on what is being said here. Here we go. Paulie Malignaggi asking a question to none other than the interim WBC champion, David Benavides, here we go. Yeah. Excuse he's got, right? So, but okay, hypotheticals. What if he beats Munguia and then fights Jamal Charlo? What do, do, what do you do then? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I'd be pissed off, bro, to be honest with you. And it's just like, maybe the way we could. So the he he's talking about is Canelo, by the way, if you didn't deduce that. But he's talking about Canelo uh, taking on Charlo after taking on Mungia instead of taking on David Benavides. Have a listen. Let's go. Probably avoid that. Is it maybe, maybe we make a fight happen with Charlo? You know, maybe. Uh, so that's that's another option in, in its own. You know, Charlo said he want to fight me, and I think that would be a good experience for me, too, to take into the Canelo fight. So we, uh, I'm going to probably talk to Al Heyman and see if we could probably get that Charlo fight because, like, like you said, I don't think Canelo's going to fight me next, maybe in September. So maybe if we get Carlo. Carlo in there in the beginning of next year and then we get uh, Canelo for September, I think that would be a great move on our, our part. I like that. I like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of that, Chris Algieri. I don't like the sound of that at all. I don't like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of 
after such a big fight, such a big win against Andrade, Benavidez's next fight being against Charlo. Maybe that's what they were trying to set up by putting Charlo on the undercard in the co-feature against David Benavidez's older brother, Junior, Jose Benavidez Jr. I think that they're trying to set up that fight next. David Benavidez, the WBC interim champion at 168 pounds, taking on Jermel Charlo for whatever reason. He's still the WBO, sorry, WBC champion at 160 pounds at middleweight. To me, it seems like that's the fight that they're angling for. But I got a better fight. I've got a much better fight. And it's the fight that is obviously in the lead here today on Punchlines. I'm talking about next man up being David Morrell Jr. That's what I'd like to see. Now, look, if you guys are in the chat, drop me a chat comment. Let me know. Am I am I cuckoo? Am I loco? Are you actually preferring Charlo over David Morrell? Because I'm not. I'm not. First of all, Charlo just made his super middleweight debut in his very last fight, right? Much like Boo Boo had made his super middleweight debut in his very last fight. Rather than take on guys who literally have one fight at super middleweight, why not take on a guy who's just like David Benavides, a big super middleweight? Guys that are 6'2", 6'3", and above. Both of these guys are tall. I'm 6'4". They're almost as tall as, as me. My guess is they're 6'2", 6'3", there and abouts. All right? And I'll tell you another reason this fight makes a whole lot of sense. Comparatively, that is. Right? Because when you look at the rankings, when you look at how the these guys at 168 are ranked, you're going to see right here that guess what? These are the two guys that hold interim slash secondary title belts in the weight division. Saul already got rid of his WBO mandatory. So there's no need for him really to fight Mungia right now, but he's fighting Mungia. We get it, right? We get it. Mexico versus Mexico. You know, Mungia's got a little bit of a name. Uh, it's probably considered to be an easy out versus Canelo. We understand this. We get that. But as a fight fan, that's not the fight I'm looking forward to seeing. This is the fight I'm looking forward to seeing. I want to see David Morrell Jr. I want to see David Morrell take on the other secondary titleist, David Benavides, in the very next fight. Because even when you go down to WBC rankings, Charlo's not even there. So why are we talking about Charlo? Right now, if this was a, 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 a you know, a, a proposed fight between Canelo, right, and David Benavides, I'm all on board. But that's not what we're talking about. If this was a proposed fight between Canelo and David Morrell Jr., I'd be on board. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Canelo taking on Jaime Munguia, and we're talking about David Benavidez taking on somebody who's not even ranked in this weight division, who's for whatever reason 
still the champion in the division below. And I'm talking about Jermel Charlo. Scratch that. I don't want to see that. I'd rather see David Morrell Jr. take on David Benavides. Secondary title versus secondary title. You do this, and it's a wrap. Canelo has to fight the winner. There's no more avoiding anybody. I don't want to see Charlo against Canelo. I don't want to see Charlo against David Benavides. I want to see David Morrell Jr. take on David Benavides. I've been saying for a while that those are the two best guys at 168 in the PBC. That was obviously before Canelo signed with the PBC. But that was my belief. That was my thought. And that's still what I think is the case. I think that these are the two best guys absent Canelo. Not Caleb Plant, with all due respect. Not Charlo, who's still officially the champion at 160. I don't need to see him against David Benavidez next. But maybe I'm wrong. Let me know what you guys think. I, 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 let me know what you guys think, because I, I think that this is clear, clearly the fight that should happen next. Salute to my brother, Willie, from Boxeo Cubano. Big up, my brother. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to be getting more active on my streams uh, now that my teaching schedule is solidified, and I'm going to be right back at it. And that is my brother, from Stay Weighed In, you got to check him out. I'm pretty sure that's lineal. Am I crazy? I don't think I'm crazy. They've obviously set it up this way. Charlo taking on Benavides Jr. in the co-feature on the undercard of Andrade's failed attempt to dethrone David Benavides, who's the WBC interim champion at 168. No, 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 no. We don't need to see Charlo versus Benavides. Give us Benavides versus Morel Jr. David Morel Jr. That is a competitive fight. And I'll tell you this. David Morel Jr. ain't getting knocked out in six rounds by Benavides. It's not happening. David Morel Jr. isn't getting beat up for 12 rounds like Caleb Plant did. It ain't going to happen. That is going to be a very competitive fight. And if you don't believe me... Make sure you check out Showtime's last card of the year. I'm actually considering going out to Minnesota to the Armory December the 16th because he's going to be taking on Agbeko in a WBA regular title defense. And I'd like to see how that goes because the last fight he had, right, he destroyed his opponent. The fight before that, he put his opponent in a coma and into the hospital and we're talking about a different breed of fighter. Let's let Canelo fight the winner of that. That's what I want to see. Okay, because you just heard it. Paulie said it. The PBC's been angling for it. David Benavidez said it himself. And obviously, we're talking about Chris Algieri, the third person in the equation in that interview. He liked the fight. I don't like the fight. I don't like the fight at all. So there you go. Thought it was lineal. Salute you, lineal. Big up. Make sure you check out Stayed Weighed In. Make sure you check out none other than my brother, Willie, from Boxeo Cubano. He's got it going over there. So there we go. So that's one of the first things I wanted to talk about today. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. 
Would you rather see Charlo versus David Benavidez, or would you rather see David Benavidez versus David Morrell Jr.? Battle of the Davids, six foot two plus super middleweights with super high level boxing skills. David Morrell Jr. happens to be a southpaw, different kind of southpaw than Boo Boo. Can tell you that much. I think the fight will go much much, much differently than this past Saturday night. So second thing I wanted to talk about today uh, has to do with AJ and Wilder and this whole thing about what channel it's going to be on, who's the lead promoter, who's going to be in the main event, you know, I'll be honest, I really don't give a fuck who is in the main event because the two guys are not fighting each other, right? I mean, look, I mean, what, what, are, what are we crying about here? I, I've seen people doing videos on this. I'm seeing like a little back and forth about who should be in the main event. At the end of the day, they should both be in the main event fighting each other, right? Instead, we got Otto Berlin against AJ as the main event. And there are certain people who think that it should actually be Wilder versus Parker. Now, look, if you really want to get into the weeds on this, you could make an argument that a fight between two former world champions, Joseph Parker, the former WBO champion, Deontay Wilder, the former WBC heavyweight champion, right? You could make an argument that that is a bigger fight than AJ also a former world champion, taking on Otto Valin, who, by the way, you know, I'd say even your most hardcore boxing fan probably can't name more than three Otto Valin opponents. And the majority of people can probably only name the fact that he fought Tyson Fury and cut him up badly in their fight. A fight that he lost, by the way, a fight that I didn't think he won more than three rounds. I actually gave him two rounds. Certain other people gave him three. Okay, let's split the difference, or I'll just agree to go to three rounds. But let's face facts. Tyson Fury dominated that fight. Now, he looked good against Gasaev. I get that, but he's not a main event, uh, really, uh, you know, kind of guy on his own right. It's usually him being paired with somebody else, whether it's Gasaev, whether it's Fury, or in this case, whether it's AJ. Now, if you think that that's a bigger fight, then two former world champions taking each other on. Okay. That's your opinion. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't really think it matters all that much because we're not getting these two guys fighting each other. So rather than focus on who is in the main event, whether it's you know TNT Sports or the zone broadcasting it, at the end of the day, we're getting a very good card at the end of the year. We're not getting the main event we want, but we're getting a lot of top heavyweights. We're getting El Cubano Frank Sanchez. We're getting El Russo, the Russian, right? Arslanbeck. We're getting Joseph Parker, the Kiwi. We're getting Deontay Wilder, right? We're getting from Alabama. We're getting Jarrell Miller, the the big talking, brash, uh, 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 half Belizean, half Haitian, Brooklynite, right? 
former uh, uh, potential AJ opponent, great on the mic, great at talking. We're talking about Jarrell Big Baby Miller. We're getting him as an added bonus, right? And, of course, we're getting AJ, we're getting Waleen, and we're getting other fighters as well. It's a very good card, just not the main event we want. But much in the way that they were trying to get us excited about a potential Charlo versus Benavidez fight by putting Benavidez in the main, Charlo in the co-main. By the way, I'm not excited about that fight. I started off this show talking about the fact that I'd rather see David Morrell Jr. than seeing Jamal Charlo take on David Benavidez. But I've done with that part of the conversation, unless anybody wants to join in, of course. Hopefully they give us AJ versus Wilder because... We have business that needs to be settled between Usyk and none other than the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury, scheduled for February of 2024. So those guys also have a rematch clause, so they're not going to be available anytime soon. So they're stretching this out a little bit. They're giving us a co-feature, and hopefully we'll get the winners facing off against each other. Hopefully. That's what we hope to get. I don't really care who's in the main event. They could have put AJ in the first fight, for all I care, opening the card. The fact is, unless it's AJ versus Wilder, don't really matter who's going first, who's going second, because they're building towards a potential fight. I think in the first quarter of 2024 between the two of these guys. All right? Philly, I'll drop the link for you. It's always a pleasure to have you join in, brother, and anybody else that wants to join in, click the link. Lastly, uh, you know, I got here a little bit late today. I was watching this thing with Pierce Morgan uh, interviewing uh, some people about the royal family and whether the royal family in the UK is racist and white supremacist and all of this other stuff. Got a little bit distracted, but it's a topic of the day in the UK, much like a potential fight between Chris Eubank Jr. and Connor Ben. Connor Ben didn't get licensed by the British Boxing Board of Control. Doesn't look like they'll sanction the fight with. Chris Eubank Jr., I'll be honest, I don't give a shit. I live in the United States. That's a meaningless fight. I said it before the first fight fell through. It's a meaningless fight. Only UK people really care about that fight. I think that that fight has lost value now compared to where it was before. Maybe they can do it in the Middle East. Maybe they can do it in Florida. I'll ask Philly Drew what he wants uh, in regards to that fight, and I'll let Philly Drew cook on whatever else he wants to talk about. Philly Drew, do you give a fuck about Chris Eubank Jr. taking on Conor Ben? Yes or no? I never give a fuck about it, and I never will give a fuck about it because two things. Why are we buying, are going to watch this fight? Because here's the thing. All that Conor Ben does is call out semi-retired guys and, and tries to fight semi-retired guys. He wants to fight Eubanks, hoping they could. The, the plan was to try to rate drain him and everything. What happens? He tested positive for a banned substance. And and they wouldn't license him. They wouldn't license him. So now 
Chris Eubank Jr. gets knocked out by a guy moving up from 154, Liam Williams and everything. Eubank wins the matchup by stoppage. And then they want to revisit it. The, the fight's lost value already from the little bit of value that it had already. Why do we want to see? Nobody wants to see this fight. Everybody wants to see Conor Ben finally step up and fight someone like Boots Ennis or Stanley Onis. But he'll, ne he'll never fight those guys. Because why? Because they're threats. Because those, both those guys will annihilate him. Show him how much of a novice he really is. Because he's not that good, Conor Ben. Like, seriously, you, you're having them fight guys that move up or semi-retired. Like he just went the distance with a journeyman. Yeah. It didn't look like he hurt the dude at all. And how 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 much of a – who the hell was this guy? Nobody knew who the hell this guy was. I've never heard of him. We watch fights in North America. We know all of the people that are relevant from Mexico. I never heard of that dude before that fight. And he went the distance. He couldn't hurt the guy. Like you said, Maestro. So why are we – really paying attention to Conor Ben now. Like, seriously, Conor Ben lost a lot of steam. And now he's talking about fighting Chris Eubank again? No. You fight someone in your freaking weight class or move up and call it a, a day because the dude's a bum as it is. The, his best win is against a guy that was out of the ring for over two years in Chris Algieri. So, like, I really don't really want to st spend time talking about Conor Ben because he don't deserve my time. And I don't know why you're talking about him, Maestro. No, I just find it interesting that it's still a topic. Like, how, how is long topic. is the saga going to go on? It's like the telenovela, the soap opera that never ends. I mean, Eddie Hearn and the B and Conor Ben versus the BBBOC. You know, I, I just don't I just don't get it. I don't understand why this guy's relevant. Connor Ben apparently called out Jerron Ennis. Yeah, that, after he called fight, out Connor Ben. That doesn't go six rounds. After that he called out Connor Ben numerous times. So what the hell is your point, Easy? You are easy because your name, because you're easy to counter with. But let's call it a day, man. He doesn't even go six rounds with Boots Ennis. He doesn't he probably doesn't even go six rounds with Stanley Onis. I obviously agree. So let me go to you for the for the main topic that I put out there. You know, you you picked Boo Boo. I picked it. Yeah, I, I was wrong about that. I one. thought the fight was going to go to the, to a decision. I think it's fair to say that David uh, Benavides exceeded our expectations. Um, he looked dominant. He looked amazing. He looks like he's primed to be the top dog at 168 pounds. I don't know if you saw the beginning. He was doing an interview with Pro Box TV, and they asked him about fighting Charlo next, and he said that that's the fight he wants next. And I'm looking at it. They had Charlo versus his brother on the undercard. I mean, that was obviously a setup to try to get us excited about Charlo versus the big little brother in David Benavides. I don't know about you. I'm not excited about that fight. Canelo uh, is fighting Mungia next. Give us David Morrell Jr. They're both PBC fighters. What's to stop that fight from happening next? Philly Drew, the floor is yours. First of all, I want to give props to Demetrius Andre for stepping up to fight the so-called boogeyman of the division and everything. Even though he would like, it, it's a little too long of a wait. For him. He finally got the big fight he was asking for, but let's give him his props and everything. He stood there and he fought until the very end. And he was a little bit successful in the first couple rounds and everything. 
but it, it they he rated they rated him out and he, for for him to get old and you know he moved up too late in his in his career and everything. So let's give him his pops. But I hate it. I hate the fight with Jamal Charlo. Jamal Charlo did not look good at all against Jose Benavidez. I really think he doesn't go. I think he doesn't last as long as Boo Boo did in this fight. I, and I want to see David Moel. I think he ducked. I think they multiple times ducked the David Moel fight. I think David Moel beats both Canelo Alvarez and David Benavidez now. And I think people, the only reply when it comes to David Moel, oh, who has he fought? Oh, he hasn't had that many fights, but his whole resume is for top 15 oppositions. They'll fast tracking them. So I want people to look at this. David Moel passes everything when it comes to owning a fight with the likes of Canelo and David Benavidez. Can he can fight? He can box. He has the power, one punch knockout power. He passes all those things that can make this a big a fight, a big fight, and supposedly be the biggest threat to both Canelo Alvarez and David Benavidez. Well, I uh, I definitely agree with that sentiment, Philly Drew. And look, at the end of the day, David Morell has been putting beatings on people, fight after fight, straight beatings. Uh, I'm sure you remember this. I mean, the guy who who we did this to, the previous guy, he put literally in the hospital in a coma. They had to keep him in Minnesota for like three months before he could fly back to Kazakhstan. Dude is the real deal, and at the end of the day, I'm expecting nothing short of a dominating performance against Agbeko on the 16th of December. And if I'm David Morrell Jr., as soon as that fight is done, I'm looking for the nearest camera, I'm looking for the nearest microphone, and I am calling out David Benavides for a big fight in the first quarter of 2024 because I'm sorry, I'm not interested in Jamal Charlo. And here's the thing, Maestro. Some of these guys on his resume were undefeated fighters. One hundred percent. And you also got to look at when he took them on. Yeah, this guy that he just put in a coma was eighteen and zero. Absolutely. And was top fifteen in, at super middleweight. I don't understand what's the deal. Like people say, oh, he doesn't have that many fights. He, all this dude was fighting. It's twelve. It's ten to twelve round fights in his career. He doesn't have that many fights. Boo Boo had one fight at one hundred and sixty eight pounds. Charlo had one fight at one hundred and sixty eight pounds. I don't want to hear he doesn't have any fights. His entire career has been at one hundred and sixty eight pounds. And on top of that, and I'm going to bring in Puto Sud real quick. Yeah. On top of that, I went over this earlier. You look at the rankings. There's two guys at one sixty eight that hold secondary titles. David Benavides and David Morell Jr. You want to go after the top dog, fight each other, winner takes on Canelo. Don't talk to me about Jamal Charlo, who, by the way, made his 168-pound debut against a guy who only recently had made his middleweight debut. And here's the problem, Maestro. I blame the WBA a little bit because they're not mandating Canelo to defend against Moel, at, at, too. But I think they should also, if he's in the rankings, David Benavidez, they should order Benavidez versus Moel as the eliminator. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm going to go back. I actually took off the graphic. I mean, he look, part of the problem here is Canelo to a certain extent because Canelo already defended his WBO title against John Ryder. John Ryder was the interim titleist, right? It was mandatory, yeah. Mandatory. I understand that Munguia's ranked number one at uh, 168 with the WBO. I understand that. But he already fulfilled his WBO mandatory when he yeah. took on John Ryder. So you should be moving over to either the IBF, the WBA, or the WBC. It's that simple. That's the way the rotational order works. You don't go WBO and then fight another WBO guy. I mean, if you're going to do that, just release the other titles. Yeah, and here's the other issue. I thought Surumov was going to mandate the winner versus Canelo Alvarez, Mitri, uh, Bubu, and Benavides. I mean, he can do that, but at the end of the day, Alvarez also has other belts that he that he holds. So, you know, that was a final eliminator, yes, but there's still a rotational order. He took care of the WBO already. You know, uh, yeah. I don't think anybody's interested in a Williams school fight for the IBF title. No. But Saul Canelo Alvarez is not taking on David Morrell. He's not taking on Benavides. Benavides sorry. He's going to be taking on Munguia by, if the rumors are correct. So he's going back to the WBO well. I get it. He's a superstar. One rule for one people, another rule for everybody else. So the next best fight for Morrell Jr. and David Benavides is each other. That's just the way I look at it. Let's hear what Puro Seward has to say. Puro Seward, the floor is yours. Go I for it, camarada. Thank you, Philly. Uh, you appreciate it. Arthur Philly, man. Take it easy, bro. Uh, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you guys are cooking on some good points. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, th this is the the hypocrisy of uh, what I call the uh, the modern day mob, which is the sanctioning bodies. You know, we, uh, you know, we. Uh, it's, I think it's pretty clear they're all affiliated with a certain promoter, and and you know, and they uh, they move their their key fighters uh, as they see fit. Uh, at the end of the day, um, like, uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, most of us like that, they go on these panels and talk boxing every day, all day, you know, they could, we consider, uh, ourselves hardcores, you know, but at the end of the day, like, uh, like, uh, like for me, the way I consider myself hardcore is like, like I, I study like the, the rules of these guys. So at the end of the day, like even, even the, uh, uh the fighters themselves and, and their uh, managers, they're, they're very intelligent on, uh, uh, using the rules to their benefit. Like, um, you know, like uh, all all the narratives about you know Canelo ducking anybody, you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's to me kind of kind of foolish because you know, like he he says it himself, like uh, uh, he's literally fought everybody. If he goes out, beats David Benavides, David Morrell's the next one he's ducking, and then so on and so on. So so at the end of the day, I mean, all these guys are 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 you know you know playing the game as as they say. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you should fight David Morrell, and you know, I've been hearing a lot of like, oh. You know, Canelo already did what you said. He he told you guys to fight each other. I think he meant like the top guys. I don't think he, I don't think he like obviously doesn't consider Boo Boo. You know, one of those guys. At the end of the day, you know they they they're saying that he took it. They they took it that way. He he did it. I don't mind seeing. I mean, uh, I'm a Canelo fan, obviously, so I'll watch Canelo versus anybody. But uh, I mean, also I was gonna mention as well. It's like I mean, it's it's no coincidence that the 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 co-main and the main event of this last fight that just happened happened for a reason. So the writing was kind of on the wall. It was on the wall, you know? 100%. And I don't know if you caught it earlier, Puro Sur, but he, had, yes, he essentially admitted that in an interview he gave to Pro Box TV where mm -hmm. he was being interviewed by Paulie Malignaggi and by uh, 
my my man um Chris Algieri from Long yeah. Island. Yeah, uh, I thought that. That's the fight he wants next. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not interested in that fight. I I'd rather honestly, I'd rather see David Benavides against Diego Pacheco than to see David Benavides against uh against Charlo. And the funny thing is, even though they share trainers, Diego Pacheco's already said he's up for that fight. I, I, I heard I love him it. That. I, I heard him love it, that in an interview. Uh, mm -hmm. Big Ryan, long time no see, brother. Big up. What's good, fam? Good to see you. Yeah, man. Good to see you, too, man. Good to see I know, you. I know, uh, salute, I know you live in the same city up, as, as David Benavidez. What are your thoughts? Uh... You know, it's, it's looking like Canelo's going to duck old dude, <laughs> you know, um, and fight Mungia, who's an easier target. But um, I think that, honestly, I think, you know, if, if that's the case, then David Morrell would be a would be an option. Why not? Why, why not stop the, uh, the tie before it goes all the way? You know what I'm saying? Because uh, David Morrell... But then again, I don't know. I mean, David Morrell is a hell of a fighter, bro. I'm not even going to lie, man. That dude, I think he would beat both of those guys. Especially Canelo. Yeah, with, I, mean, with I had one fight. guy tell me, fuck out of here when I said I want to see that fight. I think he's competitive against Canelo and against David Benavides. I really Easily. do. He's got punching power. He's six foot three. He, I know he's listed as less than that, but I've stood by him, beside him. He's at least six foot two and a half. He's a southpaw. He's got high boxing IQ. He transitions well from yeah. offense to defense. He goes to the body. He fights at levels. Well, what's not to like? Go for it. Oh, he got a 78-inch reach, too. I mean, really, he has the dimensions of a heavyweight, six foot threes, uh, 78-inch reach. And he got all the tools. I mean, he has counterpunching ability. I mean, he can stay in the pocket. I mean, he's very dangerous. Um, I think that honestly. Okay, here, here's what I'll say, right? Because I, I saw saw you saying something about Jamar Cello, right? Um, I think that if a fight with him and Jamal Charlo happens, I would like to see it. Charlo Benavidez, you want to see that fight? Oh no, 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 Char no Charlo Morel. Oh, Charlo Morel. Yeah, yeah, but, I, I, Bene, but I'll buy that. But yeah, no, but no, Benavidez and uh, Morel. I, honestly, look, if he can't get the Canelo fight immediately, I think uh, Mel, I would say Morel and Mel, one of the two, if not, you know, because there's no, there's not really nobody there at 168 anymore. I think that whole division is going through another transition, you know, so I would say, yeah, Morel or, or uh, Charlo, but I think that, you know, if we're talking about money and you know what the castles would like to see is uh Charlo and, and Morel, but definitely, I mean, my bad, Charlo and uh Benavides, but uh Benavides and uh Morel would definitely be a hell of a fight to watch. If we can't get David Morel Jr. versus David Benavides, and by the way, David Benavides is you know looking for an opponent for the first quarter of 2024. David Morrell Jr. is going to look for an opponent, too. I mean, he's fighting next month, right? They could both come back in March, in April, in May of next year. But if David Morrell Jr., look at this kid, man. If he can't get David Benavidez in the ring, oh, my God, look at that. That's scary power right there. 
if he can't get David Benavidez in the ring, look at that right hook. Might as well go 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 looking for for Caleb Plant because I know Caleb Plant probably wants a Canelo rematch. He's not going to get it. He probably wants a David Benavidez rematch. There's no reason anybody would want to see that. If I'm the PBC, put this guy in there against Caleb Plant. But that's secondary. The fight I want to see the most is David Morel Jr. versus David Benavides. That's the fight I want to see. I don't want to see Charlo. Puro Sur, go for it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm in the in, in the line of thought just like Canelo. Canelo sees himself like, especially when he came into the division, I literally, the champions were all there. I knocked them all out. I mean, I took them all down. Um, Benavidez, um, uh, all these other dudes, all they do is they chirp, 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 and, and don't fight each other. Like Benavidez, like I, I'll give Morel credit. Like I, I think uh, I actually think the difference between Morel and anybody else at 168 is that he's 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 the the actual he's, I wouldn't say right now because he's still a bit green in the uh, in just the in relation to between their experience level between him and Canelo. But I could see him getting a very good fight because the difference is is that he's the only skilled fighter. He's essentially a a, a Canelo that a, a, a natural 168 pound Canelo. You know that that's why Canelo makes these fights like uh, look easy at times because like like he's the full package. He's just undersized, so it takes him a, it takes him a bit. With you know, especially sometimes these guys outreach him and stuff like that. You know, I, um, uh, like if uh, Canelo and um, <clears throat> and Morel would fight tomorrow, I, I think it would be very competitive. I think Canelo still pulls it out just because of of uh, of his vast experience that he has versus all styles. But yeah, David Morel is is the one that you know like nobody uh, nobody that everybody talks about, but nobody talks about. Nobody's saying his name in the division. Who's calling out David Morrell Jr.? Nobody. You know, people say, oh, well, he doesn't sell tickets. I've been out to the Armory in Minnesota. That's a nice little venue over there. He sells he sells that shit out. Yeah, I heard that's like a second home. Yeah, he, sell, he sells that out, you know. Uh, he, he's selling at least a, a, as many tickets as, as Edgar Berlanga, and you hear people bringing up Berlanga for fights, right? I, you know, I, 168, you got young gunners there. David Morrell, he's still young. David Benavides, he's still young. Uh, Who calls David out Christian and Billy, Maestro? Who calls out Christian and Billy? Nobody's calling out Christian and Billy. He's another killer in the division. Exactly, fighting out of Montreal, bro. Quebec. I would love to see him and Canelo. I would love to see that fight. Oh, that would be such a great fight. Dude. I mean, that would be a great fight. Like, defensively, he's not all there, but I mean, offensively, he's... Well, I like he's him. He's, he's, a, he's a really good fighter. I've been watching ball. him for a while. He's a wrecking ball. Yeah. And he's another one trained by one of my favorite trainers in the sport, none other than Mark Ramsey, who also mm -hmm. obviously trains Arthur Betterbeeb, used to train John Pascal, trades a whole lot of people. He was a Lemieux trainer as well, right? Arslan Beck Makhmudov, he trains him too. Was he Lemieux trainer? Is that him? David Lemieux trainer, yeah. Yeah, After, yeah I remember he, he, as a kid, he was, like, training videos. did you ever watch those? I'm sorry, my truck, keep quitting you off. No, that's okay. I said he took over duties from Russ Amber. Um, mm, mm. Did they, you ever they, see like little little uh, Lemieux though in those uh, YouTube videos where he's teaching like uh, like people how to box? Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's Ruth, pretty Ruth cool. Ruth old videos that he did for title. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah Ruth cool. a cool cool dude. I'm 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 reasonably close with Russ. I I, I see him regularly at the fights, and at, at some point I got to get him on on the channel. Here, he's one of the guys I want to bring over onto the channel. Him, uh, Barry Jones is another one. Um, that I'm in contact with every, every now and again. Uh, who's another one? Oh, definitely my man Keith Eidick. I just got to get my now that my schedule sorted with work because you know, new school year, new schedule. Um, mm -hmm. 
I'm going to start getting back at it more often. And it's going to be Wednesdays for sure, Saturdays for sure, and other days sprinkled in. Lastly, I want to ask both of you guys about the most popular Chicano wearing a pair of boxing gloves. I'm talking about Ryan Garcia. He's making his ring return this Saturday. Puro Sur, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I'm I'm happy that, that he's coming back. You know, so I, I, I know, everybody knows he's him and Tech are my favorite fighters. So, you know, uh, um, I wish him all the success in the world. Uh, um, I actually like the opponent that he chose. It's not a hard, it's not an easy opponent. He's no slouch. I've been watching him for for a little bit as well. So, Oscar Duarte is a very good fighter. Uh, uh, he has one loss, but it was a questionable loss, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. But I mean, it, it says not, nothing like it was a robbery or anything like that. It's just you know, it was a tough fight for him. But you know, experience, you know, like everybody thinks that like you take a loss and it's oh my god, it's the end of the world, but you learn from those losses. The the real ones learn from those losses, but anyways. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I expect Ryan, you know, with uh with the skill set that he possesses and, and uh his hands being all, and all that good stuff to to pull the win out. Uh, but I mean it's it's uh it's a fight that um that you know, he does still talk a little bit too much, but I don't know if anybody's noticed he uprooted his camp from Los Angeles to uh, or wherever he stays at over here, uh, where I stay at to to Dallas, you know, so it's it, so I've noticed a bit of a change in Ryan, you know, he doesn't talk as much. So hopefully because I, I believe that, that that was a hindrance for him. I, I believe Eddie, Eddie, uh, Eddie Reynoso spoke about this, that not that he's uh, um, uh, undisciplined or anything like that. He just has too many distractions. So I just hope he comes in focused and, and ready to uh, I want to see the I want to see the Ryan Garcia saw gets Fortuna. We see that Ryan Garcia. It's over quick. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how he works with Derek James. Ryan Garcia is a very highly skilled fighter. Uh, and it's kind of an oxymoron, but he's a very highly skilled fighter that does very uh, kind of technically bad things from time to time. It, the, the most notable one being kind of leaving himself open for counters when he throws shots from long distance. So he likes to throw hooks from long distance. Um you know, and he gets caught sometimes with those. He also leads leans straight back sometimes after throwing his shots and gets countered that way. If you notice, most of the times he gets knocked down the way he does, it's while he's like being offensively minded and really going for it. Um, mm-hmm. We saw that against Tank. We saw that against Luke Campbell. I'm interested in seeing whether those kind of technical things can be tightened up a little bit under Derek James, but. Duarte is a very credible opponent to be making a comeback against. And we'll see where he goes from here, because I think if he gets the Duarte fight, we can potentially see him against, you know, guys at 140. O'Hara Davies is a guy that signed the Golden Boy, I think, principally for a Ryan fight. And obviously there were rumors about Teofimo Lopez fighting him as well. But sorry, excuse me. It sounds like Teofimo Lopez might be pricing himself out of that one because he wants a big guarantee and isn't willing to, you know, take the gamble on pay-per-view upside. But uh, Jesus, my Hebrew Israelite brother from Seattle, the boxing historian, what are your thoughts on Ryan Garcia making his return this Saturday night on the zone? Um, I, I mean, it's good. It's good for boxing, you know, and uh, I'm glad it's a good thing that he's not, he was a one and done with that Tank Davis fight, you know what I'm saying, uh, and taking a whole entire year off. I would say, you know, the, the opponent that he, that he selected is a, a decent opponent, de- decent boxer. So definitely it's something to, 
something for him to you know get back on track with. Um, I think he's gonna have to work for this fight because the dude can really box. The dude has a jab and you know has footwork, but you know Ryan Garcia's blazing hand speed and punching, punching power in his left hook, you know, to the body. You know, I think it's gonna overwhelm old dude. So hopefully, you know, he he gets the win, gets back on track, and um, gets motivated to be great, man. But, you know, I, I think that. You know, the fact that, you know, you have Joe Goosen, a legendary trainer, and you only train for three times a week for the fight with Tank Davis. Like, come on, man. You know, like yeah, that's the work, work ethic. Yeah, the work ethic and the um, and the, and the uh, mentality needs to uh, match the talent. But hopefully, you know, that he takes that step in the right direction. I agree with you, uh, boxing historian. And the other thing that I'm happy that got resolved was his promotional situation because we saw Andre Ward spend a lot of time on the shelf when he was going through what he was going through with Goose and Tudor promotions back in the day. We saw what happened with um, Garcia, Mikey Garcia, when he was going through what he was going through with Top Rank back in the day. It, for a minute, looked like they were going down the route of like a legal battle. I'm happy to see that the next battle is the one that he's going to be involved in with Oscar Duarte and not a battle in the courtroom, in the court of law, because that, that you know, we tend to forget the short lifespan of, of fighters on the professional elite level. And I hate to see guys lose a lot of that precious, valuable time in the court system. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully he, um, you know, hopefully, you know, he gets, you know, hopefully gets his mind right and his head in the game. Um, you know, and, and and like you said, man, it's good that uh, he didn't do that because that would have took what eight or seven months, and that might have taken him away entirely from boxing. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know. Love him or hate him, he's he's a figure that's good for boxing, and he still has a lot, tons of potential. You know, like I and really, you know, a young fighter like him, he needs to uh, be up in the gym or be up in the ring. Excuse me, be up in the ring fighting three times a year. There's no reason why he shouldn't. He could he could fight two, you know, two mid level fights. You know, and, and fight a you know a top level opponent. There's no reason why that shouldn't happen, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Lastly, uh, Brian, I really like your yeah. opinion on the Shakur De La Santos fight because I haven't spoken to you in a while, and I want your thoughts on that one. What what, what were your thoughts on that fight a couple weeks back? Uh, horrid. It was a horrid fight. Um, I mean, I, you know, from a technical standpoint, I mean, you know, it tells me that Shakur Stevenson may not be as supremely skilled as we once thought, because if you, you have issues with a guy, you know, the, the guy who's not only a counterpuncher, but is explosive, has an explosive first step, and has that explosive power, and you're not able to, I mean, in your first instinct is to not, I mean, it's one thing to be defensive, right? But it's a whole nother thing to not even engage. And I scored that fight, me personally, 16-14 for Shakur because he, he outlanded him, but he's missed a lot of shots himself. I don't think he's as offensively skilled 
when it when it comes to another guy with offense, you know, in the pocket, not in you know, in the comments that he made. Now, fight talking about you know, I don't care about what anybody says, but my idols like uh, Floyd Mayweather. Excuse the traffic I'm walking through uh, through an industrial district. That's um, okay. Mayweather, Andre Ward, guys who've had very complimentary things to to say about him. Right. And, but but here's the thing though, people were walking out and cheering Canelo's name while you're you're the main attraction in the main in your main event on top rank. They were. I, they think, they were, I think they were yeah. uh, shouting for Emmanuel El Vaquero. They're saying Vaquero, Vaquero. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, because he was on the okay. feature and he was in a very good fight actually with Contessao. Um, oh, he definitely was. That yeah, that's been the main event. <laughs> it, honestly, if yeah. I'm looking at that fight and I'm and I'm Loma, you know, if I can beat Gambosis, you know, and that's by no means a guarantee. We don't exactly know all that Loma's got left right now, or whether you know Gambosis, you know, has what it takes to beat Loma. We'll see. I mean, Loma is getting older. I don't see any yeah. reason why Loma shouldn't want to take on Shakur Stevenson. You know, personally, but yeah, why know, not? You know, um, after, after what I just saw against the Southpaw that wasn't very active in De La Santos and who isn't as highly right. skilled as Loma, why not try to no. do it? You know, why not? And, and honestly, yeah, I mean, you know, he was active against you know Devin Haney, and I thought he won. I thought he won probably, you know, not initially. I thought he won seven to five. And when I looked at it, I thought it was eight to four, honestly. You know, uh, if he gets active with the Shakur Stevenson, and let's say if he doesn't even uh, hit him as much, I think that he might win on the scorecards based off the activity. Because if, if uh, Galasantos was actually, you know, staying in the pocket next to the combination, even if he missed, right? You're still going to get scored for that round because of your activity. If the other guy's not even throwing shit at you, throwing yeah. one shot at a time, like that's not that's that don't that don't win that don't win the big fights. I mean, and you know, yeah, that's something something I gotta uh, you know that's something to uh, look look at. And I think that Shakur, if he has any brains, and anybody that's in his corner has any brains, they would tell him to shut his damn mouth up, talking shit about people the fans who are paying your bills because the guys are walking out in the third round of, of your of your main event fight that means that people don't want to see you fight and if you do that again all that big money pay-per-view bullshit you're talking about or you're thinking about that's out the window so that's yeah, my whole I, thing I, with I, that I, I agree i agree with you 100 percent. i mean east coast people had to stay up until after midnight to watch that whole fight. I stayed up after midnight, and that's saying a lot because I'm up at five most days of the week for work. Uh, it was it was terrible. I can only imagine spending money to go out to Vegas to watch the fight, especially on F1 weekend when all of the hotels were, like, priced far higher than they would have been under normal circumstances. You, you got to do better. You got to do more for your fans. You got to do more for yourself, too, because... He's going to be uh, looking to re-up with top rank or potentially go to another promoter. And you really want to do that on the back of good performances, 
not performances like the one we saw uh, a, a couple weeks back. So there you go. Uh, last word is yours, Big Brian, and anything you want to cook on in the world of boxing, go for it. Uh, hey, well, you know, thanks for having me on, Maestro. Been a minute, man. Um, you know, I, even though I don't be saying that, I be watching ever so oh, often. You know, appreciate it, brother. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll just say this: I do agree with this. Uh, this this man that said that guys who get up in the get up in the ring, be in this, be on the same car, and not fight each other. You know, I think this this some bullshit that needs to be corrected in boxing. Um, Deontay Wilder, uh, AJ, I hope both of them lose, honestly. Because these guys have been definitely dodging each other for so damn long. It'd be good for and boxing. me, I don't know. I mean, boxing needs to do better, man. I agree it would be yeah. great for boxing if, if, if Joseph Parker yeah. beats Wilder and if Waleen beats, beats AJ, to be honest. Uh, the only thing that would be bad is if there are rematch clauses. I know AJ can't fight without a rematch clause. So if Waleen does beat him, I, I think he's going to have to owe him a rematch. I don't know if Wilder has a rematch clause in his fight with Parker, but we'll see. Uh, Big Brian, thank you so much, brother. Oh, yes, yeah, salutations, man. You Keep too, up, man. Bro. You guys can catch Big Brian on uh, his channel, The Boxing Historian. Uh, he's got great videos on there. You know me, I used to be known for the battles here on YouTube. Big Brian, he's got an epic a battle uh, that that he, uh, I wouldn't even call it a battle. It's not really a battle when it's one-sided. I know it, when uh, Big Brian entered the battle foray of, of the YTBC YouTube boxing, it wasn't much of a battle. It was kind of a one-sided beatdown. Um, but go check out his channel because he had a few videos that are going to go down as all-time great ATG uh, boxing debate uh, battle videos. Um, you know, and I, it, you know, takes one to know one. I've been told that my battling abilities are, are up there as well. So not to toot my own horn, but I've put together a few battle videos myself. But uh, it is what it is. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hit the like button. Drop a comment. Consider joining the membership because these do go members only after I go live. And if you don't know, now you know this was Punchlines. And I will see you guys for the next one. I'm out. You guys take care. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase.